It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staff editor, IndieCornRose.com, and one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Pacers podcast. On today's episode, it's all me, all solo, back-to-back days. Hope you guys enjoy that. I'm going to do two things today. The first half of today's show, I'm going to preview the Pacers game against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Saturday. Uh, should be a good one, maybe a good win for Indiana. I'm not sure if Cavaliers supposed to play or not, but we'll break it all down and give you all everything you know about the game um, coming on Saturday. Then, after that, for the second segment of this podcast, I will talk about an article by Bleacher Report that has the Pacers sending Malcolm Brogdon. I know it's hypothetical, probably not going to happen, but you know, I got a question from a fan out there, so I'm going to take that question, talk about it, and maybe turn into a more broader discussion about restricted free agency and free agency of 2019, because it's never too early to talk about the summer of 2019. Let's take a quick break and get today's podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Last season, the Pacers went 3-1 and against the Cavs in the regular season. Obviously, totally different Cleveland years team without LeBron James. Um, on paper, this Pacer team is by and far away better than Cleveland. Cleveland has yet to win a game. They are 0-5 right now. Uh, they lost to Detroit tonight. I don't know if it was an 0-5 or 0-6, but they are, they're bad. Let's put it that way. Kevin Love did not play. Um, of course, by the way, of course, probably on Thursday night, so he did not play on Thursday night. Um, I think he's probably day-to-day still or questionable for Pacers' uh, game on, on Saturday. We'll see if he plays or not. I don't have enough insight on that right now, but uh, whether he plays or not, I don't see this being much of a, of a trouble for the Pacers. Um, Cleveland is is a it's a pretty bad team, let's put it that way. Um, without LeBron, who was basically carrying the team all last season, they're down to Kevin Love, some combination of J.R. Smith and George Hill and Colin Sexton is maybe the most exciting player they have, really interesting. Um, then you got like I'm thinking I'm trying to think you got Tristan Thompson, and that's I mean those are kind of the like names, but nobody that great. Uh, some of the stats just to look at, they are 29th defensive rating at 119 points per 100 possessions, 26th in offensive rating at 104 points per 100 possessions. Uh, you know they're 14th in pace, but they're 25th and 26th in points per game versus uh, and 26th in opponents points per game. They are scoring 106 while letting up 120. Uh, they just are not good. Cleveland is just not a good team. And I don't know there's much to it. Um, the one thing I predict for this game is it could be a big night for Victor Oladipo. Uh, I think there could be some resenting uh, anger from last year's playoff series. And no matter what LeBron's up there or not, when Victor Oladipo steps on that Cleveland floor, he's going to remember Game 7. A lot of these players probably still remember Game 7 and want to uh, kick some butt, to say the least, to kind of make up for the uh, bad memories of that game. Um, if there's obviously one player who will 
sort of shine for the Cavaliers who might give the Pacers fits. It could be Kevin Love. He's obviously averaging the most points for them right now at 19 per game. I don't know if he's going to play, but uh, he's really just shooting a ton of shots, 16 per game. That's up from, I think, 11 per game um, in the Kyrie era. And I believe last season, so last season, Kevin Love took 12 and a half per game starting the Kyrie era. He took... He actually peaked at one point at 14, but usually with a 12 game, 12 times a game kind of player, he's up to 16.3 this season, which is more like where he was in Minnesota, where he's putting up almost 19 to really a 16 to 19 range in Minnesota. Um, he's back to there, so he's putting up points. He's not really very efficient. He's 29% from three, 32% from the overall field. Uh, not great. A grand total 37.7% effective goal percentage. That's pretty miserable. Um, Seti Osman is, or Chetty Osman, I don't know how pronounce it, is basically their second best score at 14.8 points per game. Um, he's also been okay. Um, you know, a funny thing I heard this offseason was somebody, Cleveland fans, as an attempt to be hopeful, were rejecting a leap from him. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know about that, but, uh, he's going to get a lot of minutes. He played, he's played 30 minutes per game so far, getting 13 shots a game. So I think he's going to, he has the ball in his hands a lot, so I expect that. Um, he does start for the team, so the starting lineup basically when Kevin Love is healthy is a combination of Rodney Hood, George Hill, Seti Osman, Kevin Love, and Tristan Thompson. Um, I guess Detroit tonight, they threw out a lineup where they placed Love with Channing Fry, um, but then the same, and then Rodney Hood also started. I believe I, I said that last segment. I think Rodney Hood, and last last thing I said, Rodney Rodney Hood is their other starter. Um, none of those guys are very good. None of those guys fit together that well. Um, they are bringing Jarrett Smith off the bench. Um, it's worth noting in their loss to Detroit, J.R. Smith shot 0 for 7. He's always been a pacer killer, so maybe he'll uh, even out his stats and be more of like a 4 four for 5 from 3-point shooter where he's 0 for 4 in the Detroit game. Um, on the pacer side of things, I'm looking for old Victor Oladipo to exploit, but if they start blowing them out, I could see a very evenly distributed box score again, maybe 10 or 11 guys double figures like we saw against Brooklyn. Um, I don't expect the home crowd to be disadvantaged to this team. I think they're going to come out and rock them. Um, you know, there, there just isn't a lot to say about this game except for the fact that I, I think the Pacers are going to win handily in probably by second half. You guys can kind of pack it up and don't have to watch the game. I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, that's kind of the, I guess, the sad part of the NBA right now is uh, there are some really awful teams that and the Pacers are somehow pretty good at beating the really bad teams. So sometimes by third quarters, you can give up. You can just stop watching. You can go spend the Saturday night going out, whatever it is, and that's what I would recommend you do instead of really watch the second half of this game. If it's close. I will be eating my own words on on our Tuesday podcast for the week, but uh, it's not going to be close. I imagine pitchers win between, let's say, 20 and 30, 20 in the stage out of the case they uh, you know go up by 30 but then give it back. I'd say, I'll put it this way. At one point during tonight's game, they'll be up 30 points. At one point during the Cleveland game, they'll be up 30 points. Um as all, all the other, other thing to watch is Kevin Love. I think he should be on the trade market as soon as December. Um, I know he's had that big extension, which is uh, probably actually going to diminish his trade value. I do get Kevin Love props. He's been the punching bag of this team for basically five seasons. Um, so good thing, good good job getting his money, getting that four-year, $130 million extension, $120 million extension. I mean, he deserved that. Um, you know, I think if I put myself in Kevin Love's mind, he basically decided... Uh, I've won a ring. I've been the you know the third best guy on a team. I was a really good guy back in the day. I've been hurt of injuries left and right. You know, he had concussions and broken hand. He's like in this team, you know, who I've played with for five years and been their punching bag is willing to pay me like a max guy because they want to feel like they have a superstar because they lost their other superstar. And if they want to keep me, I don't. I like it here probably. I don't mind staying. I'm gonna take the money and I'm gonna just you know kind of fade into the twilight of my career as kind of this guy who 
has a ring and we remember it as maybe being on that uh, upset team. But at the end of the day, it's about the money for him, which it should be. I mean, Kevin Love, with all his concussions and injury history, I would take that money in five seconds. I mean, Kevin Love's going to have made over $250 million in his career. That's incredible and that's awesome for him. And, I mean, there are lots of guys who play this league a long time and don't make that kind of money. And, you know, and at some point, as Kevin Love might have been a top five player before he went to Cleveland. Um, he's been kind of what neutered into the Chris Bosh role of history, but you know, he has, he has championships. So what does he care? He's, he'll be one of those few players who has a championship too. I mean, there are lots of Pacer players, Reggie Miller's one who played a lot of years with a great player and never really got a ring. So Kevin Love's got one ring. He has that over a lot of other guys and Kevin Love might be a hall of famer someday. I don't want to say it right now. He probably has to play another four or five years at a decent level, but he could be a hall of famer at this point in his career. I mean, he is a very good power forward, um, or slash center. I wouldn't call him, I don't know where I'd rank him, but I mean, those years in Minnesota, he was really good that year. He put up 26 points a game. Did that twice, actually, in Minnesota. Um, you know, he was a really good player for the Cavs. He's stopped Steph Curry on that in the NBA Finals Game 7. So, you no, know, he's a five-time All-Star. Probably, you know, I think if he played the whole year this year, he'd probably be an All-Star again. Um, we'll see if he actually does, but he could. Um, on I guess on the Pacers' side of things, one more thing to note is if Kevin Love doesn't play, I wonder if Moss Turner can pull Tristan Thompson from the basket and really have a really solid game. Um Thompson gave both turners the bonus fits when he finally played in Game 7 in last year's playoff series and kind of flipped that series for them. But overall, I think it should be a good game for the Pacers. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to win by a lot of points. That's what I'm predicting. Take a quick break, and I'm going to talk about uh, a hypothetical question from a uh, fan. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back into the Locked On Pacers podcast. One of our uh, listeners at Doggy Doidge, uh, Jacko at Doggy Doidge, uh, one of our followers sent us a question, mailbag question, and I decided why not answer this, just so you guys know, if you tweet at me at FreedomAdam5 on, usually my business podcast, you know, just send me a question, so I answer in the second segment, you know, it gives me ideas, it helps, I'm willing to talk about any kind of thing that's interesting to me, so if it's a good question, I'm happy to answer. Um, so his question is, hi guys, what are your thoughts on the latest Bleach Report article RE 2019 restricted free agency, in particular the prediction, Brogdon signs a four-year, $64 million deal with the Indiana Pacers that the Bucks don't match. Uh, I read the article after he sent it to me. I had not seen it before this, so thanks for pointing that out, uh, Jacko. That was really nice of you. Um, I am hesitant to think that Brogdon leaves um, just because the Bucks are going to be in this mindset where they're, probably, they're going to overachieve this year, so they're going to win, say, 55 games. Maybe. I mean, it's probably on the high end. But let's say they win 55 games and they're a three seed and they make the Eastern Conference Finals. And there's going to be this all this talk where they just run it back. They're they're close. Maybe they're one piece away, they say, but like they're really close. So the problem with the Bucks is that they're going to have to re-sign Milton. They'll have to re-sign Brogdon. Um, they don't really have the cast because they go up for get another guy. So they'll have to re-sign those guys. So they'll bring everybody back and run it back probably. And maybe use one of the guys as a trade asset in the future. But that's the only way they kind of improve. You know, you don't let Brogdon walk for, for free because he's an asset. Uh, he's such a low cap hold that you can do other stuff and then sign him to his extension. Um, obviously, early on, because he gets signed by a deal, that could screw things up. But ultimately, you keep Brogdon because he's an asset. Even if he signs, let's say, a four-year, $64 million, it's a little bit overpaid for him or maybe a lot overpaid, depending on where you value him. 
Um, he becomes an asset if you want to trade for the next superstar to complain once out because he is a contract right in that kind of value range. You piece him together with somebody else, you can make a move. I mean, you can make a move. I'm thinking if I'm Milwaukee, the move is probably DiVincenzo and Brogdon and something else for like Lillard. They really want it. You know, that's like way out of the box trades. But, uh, you, you know, I mean, put a, then you throw a line with Lillard, Middleton, Giannis, and those are, that's three pretty dang good players who could definitely compete in the East and maybe even compete for an NBA championship depending where Giannis reaches at his best. Um, on the Pacers side of things, I see this as kind of an unreasonable move. I don't see the Pacers bringing in a guy like Brogdon because I don't see how he is an upgrade over what they have currently. Uh, Brogdon is a good player, and that's nothing to say against Brogdon. Um, but I see the Pacers more likely to bring back a guy like Evans and bring in a whole new guy in the sense. And or, you know, I I see Darren Collins leaving leaving at the uh, end of the year. But they have Corey Joseph, and they've got um, Aaron Holiday out there, and I just I just don't see them signing a kind of. I mean, I know you can play Brogdon at the point guard or shooting guard spot. Um, he's you know he's a decent scorer. He shoots thirty six to thirty seven percent from three this season so far. He's thirty eight the past thirty eight and forty the past two years. So he's a good three point shooter. I just I don't know. I just I don't see the need to bring a guy there for that kind of money. Um, it feels like it's a kind of another mediocre move. I guess he's young. It'd be a youngish guy. He'd be twenty seven years old, or so that's you know he is youngish. But I just I don't see the Pacers wanting to make that move unless you know Tyree Evans is a bust this year. Then Joseph they don't want to bring back and Derek Halsey they want to bring. Back. I mean the if all three of those guys are just terrible, maybe they do. But I see them more signing like Evans to a two year thirty million dollar extension. That's what I see next summer is kind of what's happening. Then going out and spending money on Brogdon. Um, I think they believe in Aaron Holiday, and they want to give Aaron Holiday a shot, and Brockton kind of blocks that. Um, plus, Brockton's kind of a similar player to Evans, where he plays the shooting guard, point guard spot. He can do both. It's kind of Evans. Um, better defense than Evans, but that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could see why, you know, if everything else is a bust, Pacers try to sign Brockton, but I just, you know, in terms of 2019 for agency, I think they have, they're looking for bigger fish or more a small forward. Um, I don't see point guard as being a concern spot right now. I see small forward, power forward even, being number two, and then point guard. And I'm not sure Brockton's a huge upgrade over what you've got now or bringing back what you've got now, especially at that price. I mean, I understand the Patriots are going to have to always pay, I call it a 10% premium for being in a small market in Indiana. I uh, love Indiana, but it's true. They have to pay a 10% premium, maybe even 20 on certain guys. Look at McDermott's contract. McDermott was three years, 22. They had to pay a premium of He's probably worth three or fifteen. They had to pay a seven million dollar premium, so that's forty, fifty percent premium just to get him to Indiana. Um, so I, it makes it's it's why I see he would make sixty million dollars. I just don't see them giving that contract. Um, I know the Pacers need to try to do things to make Vic want to stay, and that's kind of next offseason. That's the big move is you got to get guys to make Vic stay. Um, but I see the Pacers move next offseason as trading Turner at this point. I mean they signed an extension that they, and that. It could be at the right value for his defense, and they get the right offer for him. The bonus is still on the team and playing the well. They could do that, um, but you know, I think you gotta kind of see how this goes before you can predict things like that. I don't like to see what happens. You don't have to broad. He could get hurt or whatever. Uh, you just you don't know what could happen this season. He could be a complete bust with this team. I mean, they, they could the Bucks. I mean, they're going to it. They could fall apart at some point. And Brockton is the reason for that because he doesn't fit with these guys. Um, but I believe the the finishing five for the Bucks is probably gonna be. Brogdon, DiVincenzo, Middleton, Giannis, and ooh, who am I blanking on at the moment on their team? 
Oh man, this is gonna kill me. I'm blanking on who they're gonna finish with. They've been did against the Pacers. They closed out with the fifth guy. That was pretty good. Um, was it John Henson? No, I'm sorry, Bledsoe. So I guess I could. Isn't Bledsoe free? I believe Bledsoe's a free agent next season. So I can see them getting rid of Bledsoe before I see them getting rid of Brogdon. I guess. Um, you know, I am a believer in Divincenzo. He's looked really good. So I, I think he's kind of the future of their shooting guard spot. But I don't. I just. I just don't know if I see them letting Brogdon walk. I mean, he's too much of an asset. So it is the last year of Bledsoe's deal. I could see Bledsoe walking for sure in the offseason. I mean, you know, his playoff performance last year was pitiful, to say the least. Uh, was really bad in the playoffs. But I just don't see them letting Brogdon walk. He's was a rookie of the year for them. I know he was more rookie of the down year, but he was a good rookie for them. He's a solid player, defense. He fits what they want, long long bodies, plays good defenses, a decent passer. Doesn't, you know, you don't need the ball in his hands all the time because you have Giannis and if you have DiVincenzo. And, you know, I mean, those four, I guess, with the fifth guy in their lineup would be, like I said, it would be maybe an Eric, John Henson or maybe you find another guy, go and get a, another small four type of player. You figure something out. Um, but that's how I can see. I mean, they've been, I think they've been playing Lopez Technically, um, I know Divincenzo's off the bench, so that's. But I think Divincenzo's obviously their future shooting guard. I think he looked. I thought he looked good against the Pacers. I don't know about the rest of the mean He's not putting up a ton of points, but he looked decent against the Pacers. I thought so. That could be their their future um, for this team, but I don't see the Pacers making a move like that next offseason, barring a complete drop in their point guard play. Um, as always, Locked On Pacers podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Pacers. Me at Freedom Adam Five or Tony, my host Tony East at Teased NBA. Like I said, if you tweeted us questions like that, we'll answer them on the show. I'll take fan questions. It's much easier to do a podcast when you got kind of fan questions going out there. Um, as always, you can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. That's all for Locked On Pacers podcast. We'll see you guys again Monday. Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.